In this episode, I'll share a couple of life hacks for making sure you do the things that you want to do. This will help you stop procrastinating and it'll make it easier to make the progress that you want to make. So here we go. Episode 111. Get the ticket, show up, and the magic's going to happen. I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. It seems that in my life, I I go through kind of cycles, cycles of sort of big learning and growth. And then I kind of cruise on it and I enjoy it. And then along comes another big learning, you know, cycle of big learning and growth. And then I kind of cruise on it and enjoy it. And I think that's probably pretty Um, common. But something that I've noticed with myself is that often there's a gap or a delay between when I want to do something and when I actually do it. Now, sometimes that's just being smart and being not impulsive and having some inner wisdom about when the, you know, quote unquote, right time to do something is. But I think that also, you know, those of us with sort of fast moving, smart brains, which is really all of us, (laughs) uh, our smart little fast brains are really good at coming up with perfectly good reasons why not to do something. And that word good was in quote. So a good reason, (laughs) uh, they can be very convincing, that, you know, we want to do something and then maybe it's going to be a little scary. Maybe it's going to be a little bit hard. Maybe it's going to involve some work, some stretching and growing. And the rational part of our brain goes, no, no, (laughs) it would probably be much simpler, easier and wiser just to keep staying the same or just to not go there. And okay, our brains want to keep us safe and in the familiar. But anyway, the point is that sometimes uh, we just need a nudge. Sometimes we just don't know how to start. And, you know, maybe we know that the changes that we want to do or whatever it is that we want to do is going to be hard. Like, it's cool. (laughs) We want the result, but we know it's going to be hard. And the investment of time and energy and money might seem like a lot. And when we focus on that, then it becomes much easier, or it can even seem smarter to eh, do it later. (laughs) When I'm more prepared, when I have more time, when I have more energy, when I have more money. And that's, you know, that can be a real shame when the thing that we are putting off is something that we really, really do want to do. So this is where it gets tricky because, you know, we have to decide what's inner wisdom 
And what's what I call brain gremlins? <laughs> you know, what's our brain just like saying, no, no, stay safe, stay the same. Don't rock the boat. <laughs> we know how things are here. Let's not push the limits. Right? So, and and we're holding ourselves back away from things that we really do want to experience and we do want to do. So like I said, often I found with myself anyway, that I have to sometimes uh, be creative in how to nudge myself forward because it's always easier to stay the same. But there have been a few times in my life where I've stayed the same for way too long in a situation uh, that I really shouldn't have stayed in for, for that long. So I'm kind of sensitive, maybe oversensitive to that feeling of I need to be doing something different and I'm not doing it. So I've thought a lot about, you know, how to change something from someday <laughs> to now. So I thought it would be, I don't know, hopefully you'll find it valuable if I just share a little life hack. Uh, that I've used all the time um, when I know there's something that I want to do um, and I know that I'm coming up with, you know, reasons, you know, per, quote unquote, perfectly good reasons <laughs> why not to do it, but they're actually holding me back and it's making me unhappy to not do it. And, you know, of course we can always relate this to horses because chances are there might be something that you're wanting to do, you know, with your horse <laughs> that you're not doing some goal that you want to have or some, um, something new you want to learn or do with them or, you know, whatever it might be. So this is like so many things. This is applicable to life and to horses because really you guys know horses and life are inseparable. And actually I'm going to share two, two little life hacks. One is about, uh, baby steps at the beginning. And one is, kind of focusing on, um, the end goal and committing to the end goal and that, you know, will put into place or start a cycle of more massive action. And these two life hacks can go together. You can use them at the same time or individually. <laughs> so first, uh, let me talk about the, the baby steps one and the circumstance was, oh my gosh, you're, <laughs> couple decades ago, probably at this point, um, I had decided that I, you know, wanted to get in shape. There's a classic one, right? Let's exercise more. <laughs> That's a great circumstance to have your brain go, oh, but you know, I shouldn't really do this. And you don't want to push it. And you know, you got that bad knee. <laughs> anyway, you want to, you want to hear uh, an outpouring of excuses from, from one's brain, <laughs> just threaten to exercise. At least that's, that's for me. And I love to exercise and I still go through this. So there was a, a point in my life where I was like, okay, um, I really want to start running. I just thought that would be good for me. And, um, I had a friend that was doing a lot of running and, you know, 24 hour mountain bike races and just, you know, kind of in that world. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think it would be really fun to be more fit. And I would find myself, you know, I'd make a little schedule of what day I was going to do what, but then, you know, and I was, this was when, you know, I was training horses, I was working really hard physically. So, <laughs> it, you know, I was tired and I was using my body a lot. 
And I lived in New York. So there was like, you know, winter (laughs) and cold rain. So there were lots of what I would say were perfectly reasonable excuses, reasons why not to run, even though it was on my calendar and my schedule. And they're like, that was a schedule I made. It was a smart schedule. But that day would come. I'm like, you know, I'm really tired Maybe my throat's getting a little sore. There's a cold rain happening outside. It would probably be much healthier if I just stayed home and, you know, took care of myself. But what would happen is (laughs) there was always an excuse. You know, there were more perfectly good reasons. That that was in air quotes. uh, Perfectly reasons why to alter the schedule or vary the schedule or not do it. And so I talked to my friend, and he gave me this really great piece of advice because he had, he coached people for triathlons and things like that. And I was just sort of telling him my story and telling him what, you know, I I was, he was actually saying, how did it go yesterday? I was like, oh, well, I had a little sore throat and, you know, it was rainy outside. So I didn't go. (laughs) He was having none of it. So he just said, he said, when it's on your schedule, He said, just make one promise to yourself. And that's all you have to do. You can take all the other pressure off. You don't have to go a certain speed or a certain distance. You don't have to do anything. Just do this one thing. I was like, do tell. (laughs) He said, just commit to putting your shoes on and stepping outside the door. And that was so brilliant. It was so simple and so brilliant because there was no excuse. <laughs> There's no excuse to not put my shoes on and just step outside the door. And so what I realized that like that was both the easiest part and the hardest part. And it was hard because that's the point of resistance, right? That's when you're like, oh, I want to go do this thing. And that's when the brain gremlins come in and go, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Here's why. (laughs) But if you just, but on the other hand, it's the easiest thing because there was no pressure. There was no goal. He's like, don't push. Don't think you have to go a certain distance. Don't think you have to go a certain speed. Just put them on, walk out the door. What could be easier? So he gave me a way to kind of break through that hard part, the part, the point of most resistance in my brain. He made a way to make it easy with no pressure. So he took, he took out the, the part where you're thinking it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to kind of (laughs) suck. It's like, no, you're just going to put your shoes on and you're going to step outside the door. And then a funny thing happened. Like, well, if I got my shoes on and I'm outside the door, now I'm out here, I might as well walk around a little bit. And if I'm walking around and I'm started out in the mood of, I don't really want to do this. Well, then a great way to like get it done sooner is to go faster. (laughs) So if I was going to like walk around the block, it started my brain going, oh gosh, this is, I don't want to be out here for that long. I might as well run around the block. Then I get home sooner and pretty soon. I'm out there running. So that's the first little life hack is just put your shoes on and walk outside. And so for whatever 
thing is that you would like to be doing and you're not, or the thing that maybe requires some hard work and you're having a hard time getting going, or because it's hard, you're coming up with excuses slash perfectly good reasons, (laughs) according to your, your brain. Like what would be a way to take that point of most resistance and find the most simple, easy, first step with no pressure or demand to do anything else. Like, can you do that? Can you really take all the pressure off? Because I'll tell you, if, if he had said, oh, just put your shoes on, walk outside and then see where it goes from there. I'll bet you my resistance would have, would have been like, oh no, you're not going to get me to go start running. (laughs) No, (laughs) but somehow about somehow the taking the pressure off was what made it possible and what made it easy. All right. So just put your shoes on and walk outside. Okay. So now, now the other, the other life hack and this one, in my experience has been, um, something that'll create a little bit, a little bit more, it'll create more massive action. I'll use this for bigger things. Now the putting your shoes on and walking outside ended up creating massive action because I ended up running a lot more and you know doing this, but, um, it was more step by step by step. I'll tell you a little bit of, I'll tell you a story about, um, how I got into mountain biking. So this was, I don't know, a a few years later, but I had a lot of friends who, uh, did mountain biking and I didn't do any mountain biking. Um, but I wanted to, so, you know, and again, I was working really hard physically with the horses. I did not have a lot of time. I did not have a lot of money. Um, and, but I wanted, I wanted to be a mountain biker. I wanted to go, you know, go with them and do, (laughs) do mountain bike stuff. So I thought to myself, all right, I could, uh, buy a bike, promise to, you know, get in shape. And then at some point when I was in shape and skilled enough, then I would go, you know, go out on some trips but, you know, so kind of the put your shoes on, walk outside. But I, I also knew, you know, mountain biking took a, it took a little bit more. Like I couldn't just walk out my door. I had to put a bike on my car. So I had to get, you know, a way to get the bike in the car or on the car. I had to drive somewhere. I mean, of course I could bike on the streets, but you know, it wasn't mountain biking. It wasn't, you know, trail. So I had to do a little bit more effort And I found because I didn't have a lot of time, because I was tired a lot, I was working myself hard. um, I knew, well, I noticed that even though I had been saying that I really would like to mountain bike, I was not taking any steps towards it. It was just a little bit harder. So, and what did I do? And so I was, I was actually stuck in the cycle because I didn't really have the right bike for this. And I was caught in the cycle of, well, I need a better bike. But then the other part of me is going, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. So I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to spend any money on a bike unless I prove to myself that I'm going to be doing it. But then I wasn't doing it. So I didn't get the good bike. And because I didn't have the good bike, I wasn't doing it. It wasn't as 
fun and enjoyable to go on the trails. And I was just stuck in the cycle. Of like, you know, I wasn't doing it. So what did I do? I sat myself down and I thought, what would guarantee, what could I do that would guarantee that I would like get my act together and get in shape and learn some skills mountain biking? So I did a little searching on the internet and I came across a mountain bike trip you could take. It was for one week. It was in one of the most remote sections of Canyonlands Park in Utah, (laughs) National Park in Utah. Uh, Intermediate level, not beginners, not novice, intermediate. (laughs) And sometimes doing like um, 50 miles a day. So this was beginning of July. The trip was in middle October. And so what did I do? I put a deposit down on that trip. (laughs) I didn't have enough money for the whole deposit. I did not have a good mountain bike and I was not in shape. And this is, I'm on Long Island. So like how many hills are there, right? (laughs) So, So I'd ridden bicycle, you know, bicycles on flat pavement. So I bought the ticket. And I committed to that. So I bought the ticket because I knew if I bought that ticket, it was expensive. It required airfare. It required, you know, I knew that being out in the middle of Canyonlands National Park in the most remote section in the middle of a, you know, 40 to 50 (laughs) miles a day trip that if I couldn't keep up, it was going to, I was going to get left behind. It was going to put a drag on the rest of the group. So there's, you know... (laughs) There was there was a commitment. But what was cool is because I had that, I was like, oh, uh oh, <laughs> I got I, I gotta get in shape. So I started biking more, even on my yucky bike, and you know, which actually was good because it made me work twice as hard. And, you know, I hit the trails and I was like, I have to be in shape. I have to. And then because of that, I started mountain biking more. I made time for it. I just did it. I brought the bike with me to work so that I could like zip right from work. I didn't have to go home. I mean, I just made it happen. And then because I was making it happen, I like treated myself to a, you know, decent bike. It wasn't even a fancy one. It's like just one that wasn't <laughs> terrible. And so then I was getting even more confident, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what it's right like to ride, you know, <laughs> a real bike. And so I was getting more confident, more skilled, better in shape. Now I was getting excited. And then I did the trip and I did it by myself. I mean, I was with a group of people that went, but you know, I didn't have any friends going. I just went and it was so amazing. I mean, there I was like out in the middle of this you know, canyons and I'm biking around. We're looking at dinosaur footprints and um, fossilized um, petrified mangrove forests. I'm looking at 3000 year old Anastasi Indian paintings in these caves and I'm biking like 40 or 50 miles a day. And it was unbelievable. One of the best trips I've ever done in my whole life. So that's the power of buying the ticket and showing up and letting the magic happen. 
Now, sometimes when I tell the story, people are thinking like, yeah, yeah, but you know, how many people buy a gym membership or they buy, you know, they invest in exercise equipment and they still don't do it. I mean, that's sort of the classic example, right? You buy the gym membership, but you still don't show up. But I think sometimes that's because it's, it's too convenient. It's, it's not enough of a push or a pull. So sometimes in order to finally make a big change or do something you've always wanted to do, but you aren't doing, you've got to do it in a way that's a, that it's a stretch. You've got to make it an expensive enough commitment of time, energy, and money that it's, it's a little daunting or it's a little scary. So, so if you commit to it and you start to put that investment in, you're going to make darn sure you don't waste it. Because if you put that kind of big commitment in, you're going to make sure you get something out of it. So find something that has a built-in plan, that has it worked out. So all you have to do is say yes to it and yourself. Make the commitment, buy the ticket, show up, and allow the events just to unfold. And that's when the magic happens. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Now back then, again, I did not have the time or the money to take a couple weeks off to go mountain biking. <laughs> but I booked the trip. And I booked the trip months in advance, so I knew I would figure it out. Because I had to. And I had to pay it off, because I made the commitment. And I knew I would organize things, and I knew I would get ready. Because I was not going to lose that investment. <laughs> So when you're picking something, you that's why it's good to pick something that has has a plan built in, like I did with the mountain biking. Like all I had to do was buy the ticket. Then they told me where to be, when. <laughs> they, to, they told us where we were going. They planned the food. I just had to sh literally just say yes and show up. So you can also pick something um, that has some accountability, and that can be really, really powerful. Accountability um, for yourself, but accountability with other people too. So another 
thing you can you'll you'll see a theme with things that I want to do but don't always do. <laughs> so um, this is years later. This is more recently, like around 2015 or 14, something around there. Um, I found myself saying once again um, in the category of running. I kept hearing myself say, "Yeah, I really want to do a marathon. I'm going to do a marathon." But a bunch of years went by, and when I was talking to somebody, you know, running or marathons came up, and I would hear myself say, yeah, I'm going to do a marathon. And at the moment I was saying it, I heard my vo- my brain going, yeah, that's, that's bull. <laughs> I call BS, because you keep saying it, but you're not doing anything. So I, at that one moment, I got tired of hearing myself say that someday I'm going to do a marathon. So that was the moment I was like, okay, <laughs> it's going to happen, right? I've got a couple choices, stop saying it or do it. So I decided to do it. So what did I do? I booked the ticket. I showed up. So I booked a half marathon across the country in Portland, Oregon, where a friend lived who was a runner accountability. So that's a comp, that's a little bit of, um, you know, buying the ticket. I just, I booked it and I booked the plane ticket. All right. So I knew I was not going to waste that and accountability. I did it in a city where there was a friend who was a runner. So we're going to do it together. So after that, when I came home, so I did the half marathon, woo, right? I made sure I did it. And then when I came home, I was like, oh, okay, now what's next? Because that was only half. I booked a personal trainer. And the first day I went in, I said, I want to do a marathon. We, he immediately, because he knew, because he was a personal trainer, he was a trainer. He's like, all right, let's pick a date. <laughs> so we looked up the schedule, we picked a date. And all I had to do was show up the twice a week that we had appointments. So I bought the ticket, kept showing up, then the magic happened. Right? I just, I put myself in someone's hands as like, just tell me what to do. And because I, oh, here's, and I booked a, um, I booked a package, right? So I did a, a, I did a package of training with him. So I couldn't wiggle out of it. <laughs> You don't book it, you know, do one and pay for one, do one, pay for one. No, no. <laughs> book three months or six months of training. Because then I was like, hit there, I've got it. You got my credit card. Just keep charging me until I do this marathon. <laughs> right? Because that way, even on days when I didn't feel good, I'd still go in and I'd say, I don't feel good. And sometimes we'd just do stretching or something like that. But that accountability. He had the plan. All I had to do was follow his plan. So this this um, idea of creating situations where there's almost a, a passive quality, which is sort of interesting if you want to think about, well, I'm trying to get myself to take action, but create situations where there's some sort of passive quality where you don't have to do all the work, like the mountain bike trip. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to do anything except say yes. And then they sent me all these instructions and all I had to do is follow it. I didn't have to think, right? The same thing with the personal trainer. I didn't have to create a plan or wonder what to do. I'd go see him twice a week and he'd tell me what to do on those other days. So 
that passive quality, take away some of the responsibility so you can just be in the situation where it's going to happen. You don't have to do all the work. So booking courses or classes where you know just being there in the room or just being there on the call or at the tray, just turn the video on, just let it play. (laughs) And maybe you have to watch it a couple times. Just turn it on, let it play. It's there for you. That's all you have to do. Let yourself be infused. Put yourself in the environment where you're going to learn if it's a learning type of thing. And really that can work with lots of things, even if it's not learning, just put yourself in the environment where people, other people are doing the stuff that you want to do. And osmosis is, <laughs> it works. You you might not even think that you're being influenced, but you are. So if there are things that just keep swimming around in your mind, things you keep hearing yourself say that, you know, you'll do someday. See if you can put a date on it. Pick a date. What ticket can you buy that will commit you to action? What can you say yes to? What can you commit to that you know if you commit to that, everything in front of it is going to happen because you know yourself and you're going to do it. You won't let people down in, in the end. Find that accountability. You won't let that investment go to waste. Just put yourself in that stretch situation, in that little bit uncomfortable situation. Go, yeah, that's a stretch. So what what do stretchy things do, right? They pull you in. So that's like, let it be a little bit more expensive than you thought you wanted to spend on that. Make it feel just a little outside your comfort zone, a little bit like, I'm not sure if I can do that. And picture that stretch, right? Just picture that stretching of the rubber band. Because what does this rubber, what does that stretch do? It pulls you forward. That's, that's the analogy. That's what it felt like to me when I booked that, (laughs) that hard mountain biking trip that I committed to when I was, I had not done any mountain biking when I booked the intermediate level. That was a, that was a stretch and it was pulling me. And I'm like, well, I know I'm going to be there. So I, I've got to do all, I've got to get, get the pieces in place. Yeah. So what circumstance can you put yourself in where just showing up will start letting the magic happen? What people do you need to put yourself around? What circumstance where all you have to do is walk through the door or click on the thing. And for the big, daunting, open-ended goals that your brains always seem to have a perfectly good reason to put off to another time. See if you can just put your shoes on and walk out the door. You got this. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. 
never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.